0: So we make all these decisions in our relationships and we end up two, three years down the road, 10 years down the road in despair. We struggle to try to find the relationship that we want, whether that leads to marriage or just a long-term commitment.
1: That's Dr. Alexandra Redke and this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs, and today we are jumping right into this clip with our newest featured speaker because she's here to share some very important advice about choosing the right relationship. So, without further ado, here's Dr. Red K. Enjoy.
0: I want everybody to close their eyes. I want you to imagine being in love. Maybe you have been in love. Maybe you hope to be in love. What was that like? Your heart starts racing, your stomach gets all weird. You call up your best friend and say, oh my gosh, I think I just met the love of my life, right? In three weeks right? We figure that out so quick. We make these very quick decisions. All of our emotion comes rushing so quickly. But then what happens down the road? We realize, what were we thinking, right? 50% of marriages fail. Why? Two of my very good friends called me within a week of each other and told me that their marriage of over 10 years had failed, now, even though everyone else around them knew that they weren't really making a good decision at the time, there, you know, my, my best friend, her mother and I knew over ten years ago that the guy that she picked was kind of controlling. He was dismissive towards women, and he really wanted a woman that would stay home, cook, clean, and have their child. And my friend was not at all interested in that. She was singing jazz in New York City. She was very happy to have that life. But that's not what he was interested in. But somewhere along the way, she fell in love with him. And so she sacrificed for the family. She sacrificed for what she thought was the right decision. And 10 years down the road, she realized she didn't recognize herself, and then she decided to leave. A woman asked me the other day, Uh, she was complaining at 40, saying that there was no good men left. And she said that the only men that are out there are the Peter Pan guys, right? The men who, as she described, don't want to grow up, that uh, they don't want to have kids, they don't want to get married, they don't want to settle down. And she spent all her time and energy trying to un-Peter Pan them. And she asked me, what do I think? And why does this come about? And why can't she find anybody? And why can't she fix this situation, right? And so I say to her, how honest do you want me to be? And she said, oh yes, very honest. I'm really serious, I wanna fix this problem. How do I do this, right? And I said, well, I think you're investing all your energy in people that are really happy. They're totally fine. Why should they get married, have kids, and settle down? They don't want to. You do. So the issue is your focus. The issue is your perspective. How are we selecting partners, right? And why are we trying to force them to change or why are we ignoring who they are or the red flags that are right in front of our face, right? I have women all the time complaining um, in their 30s and 40s and 50s that they can't find the man of their dreams or woman of their dreams. I have men complaining that they feel that they're being overlooked, right? Because they're the good guy, they're the nice guy, they're the friend. And what they find is that, you know, people are are dating the unavailable person, the player, the pathological liar, the person who's already married right? So we make all these decisions in our relationships, and we end up two, three years down the road, ten years down the road, in despair. We struggle to try to find the relationship that we want, whether that leads to marriage or just a long-term commitment. Why do we repeat this cycle over and over and over again? And the woman that asked me earlier, that I talked about, that asked my advice about why this happens, and she says, oh, no, I don't date the Peter Pan guys. I just see them out there. Well, except the last two relationships, I, I did date the Peter Pan guy. Oh, okay, so you do date them. So why do you choose them? She, she couldn't really explain it. And then she just kept back, coming back and saying, no, no, I don't really date them. Okay, except the last two. So she became really defensive in this conversation and was denying the truth that everyone else around her could see, the people that loved her the most, her friends, her family. And so I ask myself, on the path of love, what what happens? What do we do? It starts off beautiful, wonderful, perfect. You're totally in love with this person in a very short period of time, right? And then we see a red flag, but we ignore it because we say, no, no, it must be us. We're crazy, we're too picky. But the problem is, is our friends and family see it too. And they're concerned. They may or may not say anything. And then what's our response? We attack them. Well, you'll never be happy if I'm happy. I finally found someone I love, and you can't accept it. Well, you just don't know him. He's different when we're alone. Right? We tell ourselves this all the time. Then there's a culmination of red flags. And we tell ourselves, well, all relationships take work, right? Which is true. But we, we tell ourselves this in a misguided way, right? So our friends and family express their concern. And what do we do? We attack them. We're defensive. And then we begin to isolate from them. They try to intervene. And they say, look, I'm really concerned about this person that you're dating. And, and I want you to think about that. I want you to try and pick someone else, right? Or just end it. And we may even admit to ourselves, yeah, I probably should end it. I know this person isn't good for me, right? But we don't. And so then what happens is because family or friends or anyone in our life, colleagues, coworkers, because they, 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 they conflict with us and they say, look, there's a problem here. We feel embarrassed. We feel shame. And so what do we do? We separate from them, right? So we don't go to the friend's house anymore because they're always complaining. And then the family gets angry, and then they separate from you, right? They stop trying. And eventually, we realize that we were wrong, and they were right, and we hate it. It drives us nuts. And then we despair. And then we say, are we ever going to find anybody? And we could have saved so much time and energy and despair if we would just listen to the people that are around us and not to be so defensive, right? Right? So why do we repeat this cycle? Why do we repeat this? Because we do it all the time, right? Our brain, I think the same part of our brain that controls addiction controls our feelings of love, right? Because our feelings of love, that intense connection that we feel with someone, which is totally irrational... We don't really know them. We don't really have all those things in common, but we want to believe that we do. It's just like being addicted to drugs or alcohol. It's an addiction. It is. And for whatever reason, we're not wise enough to figure it out. We're not wise enough because our emotion and our perception, our feelings of this love controls our brain, our mind, our prefrontal cortex which is at the front of your it's at the front of your brain and the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that's rational, it makes rational decision making, right? And it tells the other parts of the brain, knock it off. You know when you want to punch somebody and then you realize, nope, that's my boss, I can't do that? That's the prefrontal cortex telling you, knock it off, okay? But we don't we don't allow the prefrontal cortex to control our heart and our our feelings of love. And so that's how we get into these situations. Um, You know, it could be genetics, it could be role models, maybe we don't know anyone that has a happy marriage or a happy relationship, things like that. Some people have this idea that we're drawn to danger, right? Why do we date the person who we know is historically unfaithful and a liar, right? They tell us about their last partner and they cheated on them, but somehow we still think that, oh, they're going to be different with us. Right? Meanwhile, the good person is there, you know, the good guy who's honest, faithful, trustworthy, loves you, but we ignore them. So love rules our mind. It seems like we're addicted to drugs. We're obsessed. We're compulsive with this idea of love, right? We can't sleep. Either we can't eat, or when we do eat that cheeseburger, it tastes so delicious because now we're in love everything is amplified right so this is my favorite quote here right this reminds me of the lady who wants to un peter pan the guys that she dates never try to teach a pig to sing it annoys the pig and it wastes your time right i'm not saying that men are pigs and if they were pigs women are just as much pigs as they are but Why are we constantly trying to change people, right? We go into this relationship and, you know, pigs can't sing, and yet we keep trying to get them to sing. And it just, you know, it's it's annoying, and it wastes your time. Meanwhile, you're in that relationship for two years, and you've wasted all that time when really there's so many opportunities out there for you. So how do we fix this? Short list, but hard, We have to open our heart to a real self-assessment. The woman who asked for advice sat in a circle of all of her friends. We were just hanging out in the backyard, right, having a barbecue. And she refused to listen to every single one of them who all said the same thing right? We have to open up our heart to a self-assessment. What is going on with us? What are we doing to contribute to these relationships? What are we afraid of? Do we think we're not worth it? Do we think we have to settle for this person, right? You have to get healthier. And on the path to being healthier, we have to get to know ourselves. I can't tell you how many people say, well, they go out on a date, and they go, oh, I, I hope that they like me. And I say, what? I hope you like them. Who cares if they like you? You need to assess this person to figure out if they're a good fit for you. If our entire focus is in dating is I hope that they like me, well, no wonder we make bad decisions, right? And then you have the person who always says, well, let me just put it out there. I'm just gonna tell you everything that I'm looking for. right? Well, I want this kind of person who does this and who's interested in this. Well, the unscrupulous person who just kind of wants to land you in bed is gonna tell you all of that stuff that you just told them. right? So instead of putting everything out there and, and letting them um, you know, become who you want temporarily to get what they want, you need to take a step back and figure out what are the most important things for you right? Think of three questions. If you really want to get married and have kids and you're 35, well, that should be one of the first questions you ask. Are you interested in getting married? I'm not saying to me, I'm not saying tomorrow, but is this in your plan? Right? Because there's many people out there that say, no way, I'm good. If I never get married, I'll be happy. So we have to be more bold. We have to know what we want and be stubborn only about the really important stuff. I had a friend who said she, she didn't want to date anybody who ever in their entire life did drugs, including pot. And I said, Well, most people have done drugs at least once in their life, so I don't know, I I mean, is that really important? Like, I could see if they're, you know, a pothead smoking every week and they're not going to work and, you know, all that stuff. I get it. But we have to really be wise about what we're looking for. How about let's be stubborn about honesty, right? Is the person honest? That's what we want to be stubborn about, okay? Okay. The foolish person seeks happiness in the distance. The wise person seeks it under their feet. We have to be happy with ourselves. We have to be happy with our presence. And happiness will come to us more. If we're miserable now, then we'll just become more and more miserable as we evaluate our lives.
1: Big thanks to Dr. Red K for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube, and I highly recommend that you listen to the entire talk because she mentions a few more points in that talk that were really, really, really good. So go to YouTube and type in Select the Right Relationship, Alexandra, Red K, Ted Burr, East, Burr, East Side. And I also have a link to it in the show description. And that is a wrap for me. But before you go, please follow the show on Spotify podcast, share it or leave a rating and review on Apple podcast. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I will see you back here Friday. So, until then, stay strong. Later.